Hey, it's the Rhyme Man coming to you with another Broncos Country Blitz, and I am joined today by Adam with Cromwell Sports. Say hello, Adam. Hello, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. What's up, Broncos Country? And we are coming, kind of doing our end-of-season review. Now that we're past the Super Bowl, we got to see one of our ex-Bronco, favorite Broncos, Von Miller, get a Super Bowl ring. But you know what? It is time to flip the page into the offseason and kind of review the season that we had. Now, Adam, we went 7-10. and 10. It's unacceptable. Fangio's gone. Most of his staff is going to be gone. We brought in Nathaniel Hackett to be our head coach. A lot of people thinking it's connected to Aaron Rodgers. But really, if you could pick one thing, not not even Aaron Rodgers or or, or the hope of that, what, what is the one thing the Broncos need to focus on this offseason? Well, barring the search for Aaron Rodgers – uh, we definitely need a quarterback. I feel like that's the thing that held us back all this year. I think so, and I think it was coaching too. I, you know, looking back, I think Fangio is a nice guy. Uh, and unfortunately, there's that old saying: sometimes, unfortunately, nice guys finish last. And uh, in this case, it was it was very true. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, he got used to the dungeon a little bit there in Denver, and really, I, I think what another big thing on the downfall was his coaching staff wasn't diverse. It wasn't creative. It was stale in a lot of ways. It was a lot of coaches. I think that were kind of past their prime and some of the, some of the changes he wouldn't make like special teams coach, Tom McMahon should have been gone a long time ago, long time ago. Why, why was he still with the team? I mean, That's you look at that question. and go, especially if you think a coach is playing for his job, he would make changes where he goes, wow, this is blatant failure year after year. Surely he knew he was on the hot seat, so he must have been really believing in his system and his people. And unfortunately, looks like it was the wrong call for Broncos country. Yeah, and I mean, Fangio is a loyal guy. And some of the other things I think that didn't pan out. I mean, Mike Monchek, I mean. When we got him as our offensive line coach, it was watch what's going to happen now. We are going to have the best offensive line in the NFL, hands down. Did not happen. Didn't happen. It, it wasn't anywhere close. Run blocking was fine, I think, at the end of the day. But, boy, the pass blocking was was horrendous. And I think Munchak wanted to make it work. I mean, he's, he's got, you know, family in, in the Colorado area and everything. I think he wanted to make it work. But, unfortunately, it just didn't at the end of the day. And we even saw a little regression with Garrett Bowles. I mean, he Munchak got him turned around, and then we saw Garrett Bowles starting to revert a little bit here at the end of the season. I wonder if the Bowles situation was more frustration than anything else. Uh, sure, we've seen him have some ups, ups and downs. Last year, I feel like he did very well. And this year, you know, you start out hot with the 4-0 start, and then you start losing – and my guess is it's a lot of frustration on his end to say, hey, we know we can do better. And then they didn't execute. So he probably started going back to those old ways of holding, you know, really bringing down those big plays when and on the few occasions that the offense had him. Yeah, exactly. And as far as going to offensive from offensive line, let's transition to running backs. It's, it's being stated right now that Tyrone Wheatley – Ex-NFL player is going to be our running backs coach. I, I think that could be a good move. But I don't see us keeping 
Gordon and Williams. I, I think this is going to be Javante Williams show moving forward. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon, while he has serviced us well, I, I just don't see with some of the other needs that we have trying to re-sign a running back price tag he's going to have. What are your thoughts on that? Well, when is his contract running out? Is it out it's, at the end of this it's year? It's out now. Yep, it done. Aging Melvin Gordon, I don't really see him sticking around in Denver. He might get a, another good year somewhere, but I'm guessing that it won't be for the Broncos. Yeah, and, and he played well, and, and I think a lot of fans enjoyed him. I think my one frustration with Melvin Gordon, uh, and obviously this is just talking as a as a fan and, and an analyst because obviously I could not do what he does, it just seems like he had a lot of great plays, but he had a lot of plays where you kind of went, what's he doing? There were times he could have got out of bounds when we needed him to. There's other times where he could have dove for the extra yard and maybe he was trying for a little too much. And it never seemed like that quite went away. And, and so I think that was my, one of my big frustrations with him. Plus, honestly, for, for Javante, I don't think he was allowed to get into a great rhythm. I mean, I didn't like the whole changing running backs out every drive. I, I, I actually like just really detested it. I, you know, I think in the NFL is a lot about chemistry and rhythm and how are you supposed to get in a rhythm when basically let's say Williams breaks off a run for 50 yards and then the next drive, here comes Gordon. Let's say he only gets, you know, three carries for nine yards. Broncos have to punt the ball. Other team keeps the ball forever. I mean, that could be 10, 20 minutes before Williams sees the ball again. Yeah, and with a, with a young player, as soon as you get that confidence built up, they need to keep rolling. That is one thing that I see time and time again. You know, they get in a groove, and then a substitution comes in. Like you said, Melvin Gordon gets three yards, uh, two yards, and then another three yards. And it just doesn't allow Javante to get that confidence that he needs to be uh, our star running back moving forward. So yeah, super frustrating with that. And I don't know why, but it always seems like Gordon fumbles at the exact wrong time. Yes. Yes, exactly. It it just seems like when we can't afford it, uh, a negative play, especially fumbles it, it it's number 25 that was doing it you didn't see williams kind of being the victim of that you know <laughs> exactly melvin gordon will break off a 98 yard run and then fumble on the one yard line exactly and honestly the defense has got to be frustrated i mean we're going to lose some people this offseason but we're going to keep a pretty solid defense simmons obviously is a staple harris is a staple of our defense uh we'll see about bradley chubb and they have got to be frustrated at this point thinking we can do enough to where if an offense scores 20 points a game, we're going to win a lot of games. And it just hasn't happened. We had a couple games this year. I, I think maybe my favorite game of the season was against the Cowboys. That was probably my favorite game of the season because the offense looked like we were hoping it could be all season. And just, you know, we saw flashes, but nothing else. Uh, Absolutely. Was, the, the Cowboys, that was kind of a signature win over the Cowboys. They came out, they were playing great. I mean, would they get 30 points in that game? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just, I believe it was just under that. And really being able to do that against the Cowboys, you, you know, you could tell that fans thought, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think we're turning the corner 
And then unfortunately you found out, Oh, well, it it was not, that was incorrect. And you were actually right. It was 30 points on the mark. So, so your memory is a little sharper than mine right now. And well, when you have the uh, cheating effects of the internet, you kind of make those calls and get them right every now and then. Oh man, look at that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you're doing the right thing here. I am trying to go off of memory. (laughs) Sneaky, sneaky, sir. Sneaky, sneaky. So I'm going to come around about, and I bet you know where this thing is going to end as we kind of close out this podcast here in a few minutes. But obviously looking at the wide receivers, Jerry Judy had a down year. I don't think he's a bust. I heard the word bust a couple times during the season. I'm like, he's not a bust. I, I think really it was the offensive scheme that Pat Shermer had in. I think – Teddy Bridgewater played well at times, but he is, you know, we saw check down Teddy a little too often. And, and really, honestly, we signed Sutton and Patrick to those big deals in the middle of the season. And the second half of the year, they did not average what we needed them to average. There were a few games in there, their, their final statistics, they, they were in the 30 or 40 yard range for the game. And when you spend that kind of money on wide receivers, you're not expecting that. You're expecting 100-yard games, multiple touchdowns, at least out of one of them, and the other one's being a distraction. So I think our wide receivers are better than people give them credit for. I, I think that George Payton sees that. We just didn't have the right guy to get them the ball. Um, Drew Locke, when he came in, got them the ball a little more. But, but the problem is, Drew Locke, of course, is we saw the same inconsistencies, and when those inconsistencies came in, the, the wide receivers suffered. Yeah, uh, Jerry Judy, I think it's too early to call him a bust. Uh, he has not had somebody who can consistently deliver him the ball on his routes. Uh, he's the deep man. You know, He's going to go up the sideline and get you some because he's going to use that skill and athleticism to get up and down the field. Unfortunately, Teddy was not able to deliver. Like you said, there were a lot of checkdowns in there going for short yardage and hardly any shots up the field. Drew Locke, when he came in, other than the bad decision-making, uh, he was a bright spot, in my opinion. I'm not, I'm not a Locke guy. I don't think that he's the answer to our quarterback problems. But when he came in and he started throwing that ball around, it was exciting again. It was fun. It was nice to watch somebody who was just going out there uh, no guts, no glory, right? And Drew Locke showed that he at least has the guts. Unfortunately, he didn't get the glory part. Uh, for the rest of the guys, yeah, I would agree. They didn't have anybody who could quite get them the ball in the position that they would want to get it in to score. And when you have somebody who's making the safe play instead of the exciting play, sometimes it gets hard to win those games. Exactly. And, you know, to your point on Drew Locke, if he could have pulled off that upset against the Chiefs in the final game of the year, there may be different discussions right now because in, in Broncos country, that would have been getting over a hump. And, and unfortunately it didn't happen. He got really close. He played a pretty good game, but it didn't happen. But like you said, he did give uh, exciting sparks. Uh, you know, it wasn't this on schedule offense that, that Teddy Bridgewater runs and we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously he's under contract for one more year. So we're going to see what happens this off season. If they decide to keep him around, We'll see what Hackett thinks of him. Maybe Hackett. I, I know he won't keep both of them. He's not going to keep Bridgewater and Locke. He, he may keep one of them around, but definitely not both of them. I agree. There's no reason to have two of them fighting for a backup spot. 
Unless we see more COVID protocol issues or something like that. And then we might have somebody running a a short contract or getting signed from a practice squad. But I don't see Locke and Bridgewater being around. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And how are your feelings and thoughts on the Broncos hiring Hackett as the head coach? I like it. I'm not much of a Green Bay guy these days. I really kind of think that they're boring. Uh, However, they show that they can develop players. They Mm -hmm. keep players around for a long time. There's a lot of loyalty. There's a lot of history with that. And Hackett could absolutely bring that stability back to the Broncos. Yeah. I mean, Hackett, I think, was one of the two people I thought. uh, I thought when the Broncos were taking their time, they were were going to end up uh, going elsewhere, uh, going grabbing uh, one of the coaches there, uh, McCoy, out of of L.A. Um, But when they brought Hackett in and then you heard – Peyton's explanation of it um, that, that basically he was our guy. We just didn't think anyone else was looking at him. When we got wind that Jacksonville was looking harder at him, we decided to make a move because they were trying to take their time. Um, and really, when I watched his press conference and everything, he, he seems like an, an exciting guy. Um, you know, he, he looks like he's kind of got that younger mentality that some of the coaches, some of the younger coaches – uh, have brought into the NFL. Obviously, we saw it with the Rams victory here in the Super Bowl uh, just a couple days ago. And and he seems to bring that energy. And I like that one thing he did is he made sure to call all the core players right away and, and discuss what he, you know, discuss what they'd like to see, what his goals are. And I think that was good. I think that was good to get the players buy-in right away. And, absolutely. Communication is key. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Football, yes, you need to have talent on the field, but it's all about communication and chemistry. And at the end of it, I mean, we've both seen it. These teams go out, make these insane hires or, or insane placements in terms of, of players on teams are trying to get it together. Now, obviously, when you have a Tom Brady like what happened in Tampa Bay, it ended up working out pretty well for them last year. But for the most part, history is not very kind to that. Players – end up, you know, players end up changing positions and everything like that, um, you know, and, and it ends up not working out well. So you need to have that guy at the top that, that you know is going to be on point with that communication and chemistry piece and, and can recognize that. Agreed. And when it comes down to plugging in the wrong players, Tampa Bay is also another perfect example of that with Antonio Brown quitting in the middle of a game. Uh, when you go out after that talent, when you have guys who just aren't the right fit, it never works out. Although now we have an everlasting meme of him walking off the field in New York. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's a great thing. I'm, I'm not upset that it happened. <laughs> that thing will be painted over and over again. So, <laughs> so let's go back to hacking it a little bit. And obviously some people are hoping Nathaniel's coming in because it's, it's a good point for Rodgers. Uh, Peyton insists that's not part of the reason that he brought him on. Uh, this, this is an ongoing joke here between myself and, and Adam. Um, but Nathaniel Hackett knows Blake Bortles. Uh, Blake Bortles is not coming to the Broncos. So, so, I, so I, I hate to break the news to you, Adam. Uh, you know, I, I know you're high on the guy. But he has worked with Blake Bortles. And the one thing I want to make the point of is that guy – made Blake Bortles play his best season in Jacksonville. He was a big part of the reason that Blake Bortles had such a good season getting the Jags to the AFC Championship game. Obviously didn't get him all the way to the Super Bowl. But 
flipping the page here to the quarterbacks, Adam, I'm going to go through a little list here and then we'll go ahead and discuss in, in, in terms of who you think could be a fit if it's not a big name like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Sound okay. good? Let's okay, let's do it. So I'll just get those two off the list. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. But if we don't get one of them, Gardner Minshew, Jalen Hurts, there's discussions the Eagles may not be happy with him, Kirk Cousins, Mitchell Trubisky, Carson Wentz, who it was it's being talked about this week, the Colts aren't going to hold on to. And we can talk a little more about that. I think he's a little bit of a scapegoat. Carr out there with the Raiders in Vegas. There's been discussion whether they feel he's still the guy moving forward. Jimmy Garoppolo out there in San Francisco. Uh, obviously, it's going to be interesting to see whether they decide to keep him one more year or not. And then Kyler Murray. The Cardinals have come out and said he's their guy, but he seems disgruntled. Uh, who knows what will happen this offseason. But if it's not a big person like Rodgers Wilson, or I should say Kyler Murray, any of those other ones pop off the page to you? Oh, besides Bortles? Uh, he's available. Besides right? Bortles, yes, besides Bortles. <laughs> he's not written we... anywhere on my page, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, practice squad. You know, COVID protocols. He'll be back. Uh, let's see here. Why don't we go down that list one more time and just say pass or sign? Okay. Gardner Minshew. I think that would be awesome. I would say if he's available and we don't get one of those top tiers, I'm all for it. Sign. I agree. I actually think he would be an easy upgrade over what we had last year. Jalen Hurts. Ooh, Jalen Hurts. That's a tough one. I am a fan of mobile quarterbacks. However, I think he's going to go the Mike Vick route and try to do maybe a little bit too much with his feet and not settle down and be that uh, traditional passer. I'm going to say pass. Gotcha. And that actually surprises me because you and I were at the Eagles Broncos game where the, where he helped pace the Broncos that day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he did. So, so, you know, he looked pretty good that day, but uh, I can see where you're coming from on that, you know, possibly, using too much of his legs. Um, there's been some questions if he can read defenses. Um, and plus that, I think, you know, Philly is going to try to work work everything out with him, and we would have to give up probably too high of a price tag anyways to bring in a guy that's pretty much still unproven. Uh, next yeah. one, Kirk Cousins. Oh, uh, old pass. Yeah, me too. I, I, I know people are worried Peyton has the connection to Minnesota, and that's why he's on the radar. And he's one of those quarterbacks that looks great on paper, statistically. That's about it. He looks great on paper, statistically. (laughs) Right. I see that as a Joe Flacco situation. When Flacco came to the Broncos as an experiment, did not work out. Not interested in seeing it again. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky. Ooh, interesting. Interesting choice. I could see some of the upside, but the ceiling is not – too much higher for me than say a Drew Locke situation or a Bridgewater Bridgewater situation. I'm going to say pass. I'm on the opposite. I say we bring him in. It would be a significant upgrade. He played behind Josh Allen and Buffalo this year. He, he learned the ropes of being a professional quarterback. And when he had his chance to play, yes, preseason, but he looked sharp. He looked like the guy that the bears thought they were getting. I hope he's on Peyton's radar if he can't get one of the first people he wants because I actually think with his strong arm and what we were able to see, he was starting to learn under Josh Allen. I think he'd be a good fit. 
Interesting. So, so next one, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, I'm for it. Sign. I think he would be a pretty good upgrade. Me too. I and I'm glad we're talking about this. He is the scapegoat in Indianapolis right now. He is not the problem. You know, Ursray, the owner, the ownership there in Indianapolis. You know, obviously they didn't handle the Peyton Manning situation the best. Um, they they went ahead and lost uh, Locke. You know, they lost uh, Andrew Locke basically, who who was a great quarterback, uh, and uh, or sorry, Andrew Luck. They was a great quarterback, and basically he ended up retiring early. I still think that's kind of suspicious. Why why do you have a quarterback that's in his prime that all of a sudden doesn't feel like he's getting the support and wanting to leave. Now, obviously it could just be, he didn't want to play anymore. Um, but you know, that, that kind of made me wonder. And, and this year really Wentz helped them go on a run. And, and when it didn't work out the way they wanted it to, they, they put it on him, you know, kind of the same situation as the Broncos, that offensive line was not, um, <clears throat> was not being kind to Carson Wentz at the end of the year. So, yeah, I didn't get to catch a whole lot of Colts games this year, but um, I feel like I remember them going on a pretty early losing streak. And when you get down, you know, at one and four or something like that, it's really hard to dig yourself out of that hole in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And hey, I don't know. Maybe we could maybe we could go to Andrew Luck and see, hey, you know, you want to come out of retirement? (laughs) He's still young enough. Bring (laughs) him back. I don't know. Wasn't he, didn't he have a back injury or something that he was? Yeah, nursing he had, he had a lot of injuries too. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Derek Carr, I don't think the Raiders are going to part with him, but let's say they did. Yikes. Another interesting one. Uh, I feel like the Carr era in Las Vegas has kind of run its course. I don't feel like they are too interested in keeping him around much longer. I would imagine he's going to play with them one more year at the very least. And then I don't really see him uh, going to another team. I think it's probably retirement for him. That being said, upgrade over what we currently have. Uh-huh. Uh, he might play with a chip on his shoulder. If we can pick him up cheap enough, I would say sign. Yep. Yep. I agree. I, I think he plays with some moxie. Um, I think he's been part of some bad situations. Um and really, I mean, we'll see with Josh McDaniels coming in there for the Raiders. Uh, obviously, I, th- I think most of Broncos country is excited about that because obviously we experienced that train wreck after we had that great start when he was here. Um, but, you know, it, it disintegrated quickly. Well, um, with McDaniels making the call, that means Tebow's coming back. So we need to be prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, our That's defense true. better be pumped up that game. That's for oh. sure. Oh man, yes. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh, I man, that's a that's that's great. I hadn't even thought of that. That's so true. You know what? That's something the Raiders need to keep an eye on. Who is who is McDaniel's actually to go out and draft that everyone will go ahead and just 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 give a big sigh to like this didn't just happen. Timmy <laughs> is back, baby. Yep. <laughs> All right, Maybe he'll Jimmy bring G, a little Jimmy bit Garoppolo. of class. Oh, uh, Jimmy. Oh, I was just going to say, maybe Timmy will bring a little bit of class to those Raiders. That's true. It wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't take much. <laughs> right. And then he can go play for the Dodgers in the offseason. Okay. Jimmy G. Go. Oh, Jimmy G. I am not a huge fan of Jimmy G. However, 
I would sign him in a heartbeat just because I do think he is an upgrade. He led that sorry 49ers team as far as he did in the playoffs this year. Very true. And and I would sign Jimmy G too from the standpoint of, okay, he has a problem making kind of like mental lapse, mental lapse throws, I guess is the way I'll put it. Um, he'll just make certain throws. You you shake your head and you go, Poof, what, what was that? Or, you know, you, I, I could hit that. I mean, I, I know we say that as fans, but there's been a few of those where you're like, wait a minute, there's no way you should be able to, you should miss that. But I think a lot of that can be coachable. And, and I think he's shown that if you handle the situation correctly, and we obviously have Williams in the backfield with the run pass mixture, you know, he's got a strong arm and he can get the ball out. And I think really the wide receivers in, in San Francisco are not that great. I think, as much as people look at the Broncos and go, okay, kind of not the greatest core, and I think they're not giving them enough credit just because of everything else that's happened the last couple of years, I think it's the opposite in San Francisco going, there's all these players that are up and coming, and Jimmy G's not getting them the ball. No, I don't think that's the case. Agreed. The uh, receivers in San Francisco were so bad that they moved Debo Samuel to a running back. So True. that's kind of telling you something there. They needed a play. They needed a playmaker and have the ball in his hands and – and didn't have anybody who could uh, who could deliver and maintain. You know, they they I feel like they couldn't deliver it to him not because of Jimmy, but because there were no other options. So that way, he's drawing the big guys, the the big defenders, and they had him in coverage the entire time. So they switched him over to running back. Uh, but yeah, I would I would go ahead and bring him in. Uh, my thought process on that is if uh, Hackett can get Bortles to take the Jags into the playoffs at the very least, then he should be able to pull the best out of somebody like Jimmy G. Yes. Yes. And the other thing I think I need to mention as well is they have brought obviously the Kubes family back, back into the mix. Clint Kubiak is back as the quarterback coach and passing game coordinator. The Kubiaks should never have been allowed to leave by Fangio. And it's great to have that Kubiak family back within the Broncos community and the Broncos building. And and so I think between Hackett and that, they're going to get the best out of anybody that they bring in and whoever we end up bringing in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that stability is going to be a huge key factor. Yes. And we'll just, we'll just do it. I Cardinals are saying they're going to find a way to make it work out, but let's just say it implodes even further. Kyler Murray. I'd sign no question on that one. I'd bring him in. Yep. Me too. Me too. He's got some maturity issues to work on, but um, you know, all you read these things about NFL players and stuff, you know, when they start their careers and everything, it's kind of everything's handed to them. And it, and and with each passing year, the NFL gets bigger, bigger, more money, and everything. And and sometimes some of these younger players, it takes certain ones long, you know, a longer time to mature than others. And and it could just be something as simple as that. So I would sign him. I would sign him as well. Now, let's... Let him see what happens. If you find out in a year that he's not quite where, where you want him to be as a, as a quarterback from the upper management, hey, then you still might. Oh, well, hopefully he's performed well enough where you can get some good capital for him, get a good return. Yeah. And as far as Drew Locke, we'll see if Hackett gives him a look. Um, you know, you have to look at it. Locke came in for Teddy in the Cincinnati game. They didn't end up winning that game. Locke finished the season 0-3. And even though he provided a spark in areas, it's all about W's in the NFL. And, and 
you know, he had his chance to kind of leave another mark and he went over three when he had his last chance here at the end of the, of this last season that just finished. Um, so based on that, I mean, do you, do you think he gives Drew Locke um, I, a fair look? I think so. I think that Drew Locke is here at least for one more year and Bridgewater is the guy who's going to be out. Uh, not because Drew Locke is, is much better than Teddy Bridgewater. I just think that there's some, some sort of loyalty from the Broncos towards Drew Locke. And uh, we might see a little bit of difference there with Peyton being a Minnesota guy and Bridgewater being a Minnesota guy. But ultimately, I think Teddy's out of here. Locke is the solid backup for this next season. And then Bortles is the practice quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to keep holding out hope. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. We're, we're there. Where's the waiver wire day? Nope, nope. I don't see him yet. I don't see him yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I agree. Teddy Bridgewater, <clears throat> I think he played well at times, but he's out of here. Um, I'll call it right now. I think he's going to sign with New Orleans. Ooh, back to New Orleans. Yeah, I'll call it right now. I believe that's where he's going to go. Just makes sense. Obviously, Sean Payton's gone. There's enough coaches down there, though, that were there when he kind of had his resurgence. They know how to use him down there in New Orleans with everything else they have going on. And that's where I think Teddy Bridgewater's going. And that makes sense. I think uh, the quarterback rotation that they could put out with uh, Taysom Hill and Teddy, that makes sense to me. Uh, I wish him all the best. I like Teddy. I think yeah. that he did well enough for for what he was kind of handed and thrown into, and, and I yes. really wish him the best. Unfortunately, I just uh, don't think that the Broncos were the right place for him to land. No, exactly. Well, and with Hackett in place now, you know Teddy B is not his type of quarterback. He, he wants to attack downfield. He wants to utilize his big targets. And, and you know, Teddy B does enough of that check down. He'll get benched in a second. So Yeah, which you know, is – it brings an interesting point back to Locke. I mean, Locke can hurl that ball. He yes, can he throw that sucker. And uh, maybe maybe he gets a fair shot. Uh, if we don't have a big name quarterback coming in, but I definitely think they're still looking for, for that big name and, and somebody to come in and be an upgrade over drew, but it, it'll be interesting. And I, I wish him the best as well, even though I'm not a, a lock guy and I hope that we get somebody else. I still want him to be a part of the Broncos organization and still get some W's under his belt. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's interesting that there's some comments out there that, well, you know, whoever the Broncos, to try to get they're not going to want to come to the AFC West because there's Herbert there's Mahomes there's Carr no one's going to want to try to you know compete with that year in and year out well, what are those people talking about if you're if you're a competitive guy and you think you're one of the best you don't care who you're playing that's you're right to, to quote the late or not the late but the great Ric Flair to be the man you got to beat the man exactly. and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers last year said he wants to be in a division with Pat Mahomes. He wants to come down here and show him really who's boss. And I love that. That's the competitiveness that we want here. Exactly. And to another point, there's enough divisions right now where there are quality quarterbacks all around the NFL. You know, obviously a lot of teams are still looking this year, but at the same time, I I think you could look across the board at the NFL and a lot of teams are hopeful on who they have on the roster. So who's to say, as a free agent quarterback or a quarterback that's traded, you wouldn't go to another division. And guess what? They go through the draft or someone, you know, you know, 
comes to maturity in terms of what they were waiting for out of the quarterback position, the guy on their roster, and you're in the same position in any of these other divisions. So That's right. I still think our division is probably the top tier. Um, you know, they, they get a, a better nod than some of the others, like, say, the uh, – the division with the Cowboys and the Giants and those guys. Uh, however, um, yeah, I, I really think that you're correct in your assessment there. Uh, everybody can play any given Sunday, right? You come out uh-huh. there, and even though you might have a quarterback who you think is not quite going to fit the bill, uh, you're you're still you're going to get beat. I mean, the the Broncos and Cowboys game was a perfect example of that. We came out totally stopped their high-powered offense where they were rated number one in the NFL at that point in time, and they got stuffed. So mm-hmm. any given Sunday, the the right people in the right place, yeah, you're right. Somebody else can come into maturity and really just knock the socks off of these veterans. Exactly. And I think Herbert will continue to get better, but I, I made the comment that the car has his certain games. If he gets pressured, he does not play the greatest. Herbert has had some mental lapses with interceptions. Uh, obviously we saw it when we beat the chargers this last year, but I think he'll continue to get better in Mahomes, homes. People figured out how to kind of get to Mahomes. I mean, and it happened to get into the playoffs against the Bengals in that second half. He, he was just trying to take what wasn't there. And, and I think teams have kind of figured out if you can get him flustered enough, he's going to start forcing the ball and making mistakes. And until Mahomes corrects that, I think teams are realizing that we may not have a formula to beat him every week, but we have a formula that on any given Sunday, you know, we could get inside his head until he shows us differently. Yeah, I would agree with that. And hopefully the Mahomes family circus continues to haunt him over the next year. So we can (laughs) get some extra victories there. Oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wonder how that looks for him in the off season. You know, you kind of see, you kind of see the, uh, the uh, Brady and Giselle or, or Matthew Stafford and, and his wife after the Super Bowl the other night. And then you kind of see the Mahomes mess and you go, man, you know, I, I know, I know it's just public perception, but whew, man, you know, I, you, you got to wonder if, you know, some of that situation caused a little bit of fatigue to leak onto the field this last year. So. Yeah, most definitely. And you wonder how it affects the locker room. Yeah, true. True. Exactly. I don't, I don't think any teammates wants, wants to hear about someone's spouse in the media again, you know? Agreed. And yeah. I'm pretty sure that the Washington commies uh, do not want anybody doing a TikTok dance on, on one of their fallen players either. Uh, no. No, they don't. Exactly. Exactly. So. Well, Thinking I think of, touched... uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, what do you think about the new Washington Commanders? Is that the name you would have chosen? Uh, no, I, you know, right there, Dan Snyder's the owner. So I guess I shouldn't expect anything more with a decent name. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, I actually have, I actually have a friend that's a, a Washington fan and I made the perfect point to her. I said, so wait a minute, you guys waited. What was it? Almost two years for their new name and their new Jersey and their new logo and their new logo on their helmets at W. <laughs> <laughs> you waited two yeah. years for a W? <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were the Washington football club before that, right? Or Washington football team. I think they should have just kept that. That was yeah. catchy. I liked it. I, I didn't I didn't think that was a bad name. I did not think that was a bad name. Well, I can't remember what the other one was. It was like Red Hawks or something. There were there were a few other good names in there, I thought. And 
And, and when I heard that, I was like, oh boy, I don't, I don't know what exactly went into that, but that's not the name I would have gone with, but who knows? I mean, we've seen it in the NFL when the Broncos changed their jerseys to their current ones way back when they won their first Super Bowl, people did not like them. You know, they won that first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 32 people, it grew on people real fast. And, (laughs) you know, know, I just say in (laughs) Seattle, Seattle, when they changed theirs, same thing, people weren't, People were shying away from that, too. I mean, obviously, it was a uniform change and not a full name change. But we've seen we've seen people change things or teams change jerseys or uniforms, and they go, oh, those are hideous. Next thing you know, you can't picture them in anything but that. So we'll see. Yeah, that's right. And after 20 years, you kind of get used to it. You kind of forget what they looked like that first year. This is true. This is true. So. Especially well, when you see him host, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. At that point in time, you're like, oh, these new uniforms are great. No, and I know a lot of fans, since we're on uniforms, a lot of Bronco fans have talked about, well, let's make the, the top portion of the color rush the permanent uniform. Let's let's go back to the old school uniform, which we'll hopefully be bringing back as a throwback next year because we can switch out helmets again. And really... I, I don't know. I would have a hard time going away from the uniforms we wear now because we've won all three of our Super Bowls in them. And, and I think there's just something about that. Once you've kind of had the success with them, uh, you just kind of don't want to shy away from it. You know, uh, I, I think I think I, I the way I look at uniform changes sometimes is when a team and a franchise is in disarray and they have nothing else to look forward to. They just. They swap out uniforms again. I mean, look at the Lions. How many times have the, have the Lions switched uniforms? And the Browns have finally been better the last couple of years. But before that, their biggest thing was swapping uniforms. I mean, no, that's a great point. Yeah, you got to get that fan base excited about something. You got to get those uh, jersey sales up somehow. Yeah. So I would rather the Broncos focus on a great 2022 season and Nathaniel Hackett being the guy and us getting whoever it is, the quarterback that we need to take that next step. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to don the uh, orange and blue jerseys that we've collected over the years. I think they're just fine. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree with that. From a fashion standpoint, I love the classic pause D, but uh, I, I do want the, the orange and the blue to stick around as well. Do you like seeing the throwback stuff? Yeah. I had to throw the pause in there because I know if I didn't, somebody out there on the internet would be making fun of me for saying I love the, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll just leave it there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you didn't pause in the middle there enough. I, I was actually going to jump in there, but I, ah, no, I want you to come back for another one of these. <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. If I've learned anything from interviews with these uh, players and everything, if you're going to say something's questionable, you got to put the pause in there and you at least have to say it. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Any other thoughts as we as we close this out on discussing what happened last season and looking ahead as we move into the uh, the new year? Oh yeah, one thought for next year. I am looking forward to an ownership change. Again, stability is a word that I've said multiple times in this podcast. New ownership hopefully brings some stability and some calmness to the locker room, and then mm-hmm. we sort it out from the top down. Couldn't agree more. Um, I, I think it would have been fine if somehow the Bolins held held on to the team, but obviously the turmoil within that family and the inability to agree, um, I think it would have just created more frustration. I think word would have gotten around that maybe while 
the, the hopes of a couple family members are there or, or specifically Brittany is that, you know, she can keep her father's legacy going. There would have been a, just too much controversy with the other family members and everything to make it a positive, you know, po- positive uh, vibe going throughout the NFL. So I think while it's, it'll be interesting to have someone not named Bolin own the team. It's, it's the right move. It's time to move on. And obviously the NFL has been involved in, and really John Elway, Joe Ellis, Peyton have all given their opinions that whoever comes in and owns the Broncos, obviously they'll only have so much control once the papers are signed, but they, they need to come in with the realization of the fan base that's here, the expectations that are here, what we expect to see on the field. Uh, you know, the product on the field comes first. And I think it's great that Peyton Manning and John Elway want to be involved. Um, I know there are people across the board. Some people say, yeah, keep Elway involved, not Manning. Some people say Manning, not Elway. I, I would love for both of them to be involved. I think it would be a good thing. Obviously, Elway took a few steps this last year to kind of remove himself a little bit. And, and so really, if it's if it's a ownership role and a consulting role, I don't see a problem with that. And, and Peyton Manning, obviously, People want people want him to be a coach. I don't think he's interested in that right now. But basically, having a guy that could be a coach and knows so much about the quarterback position, staying with part of the ownership of the Broncos, I think it'd be a great thing. Yeah, I would agree with you. It was a little bit sad to see Peyton and, and John Elway on the on different uh, purchasing groups. However, I think it would be great to have either one of them stick around somehow. Uh, the thing I'm concerned about is Jeff Bezos buying it or buying the, the entire team. Although if he did, we might get the sweetest stadium ever. <laughs> That's true. They would, uh, they would deliver the ball via Amazon package at the 50 yard line, dropping down from a helicopter. Absolutely. We might be doing that on the moon too. They might have stadium <laughs> on the moon, busting people up and back for the entire season. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, but I agree with you. I, you know, while there could be a couple positives, I don't know if Bezos is the guy. And actually speaking of, the Washington Commanders. They uh, there's been some discussion that if Snyder is forced to sell the team, that's actually who Bezos is looking at. So that would be a pretty good. That would that would be a good buy for him. I'm sure he's probably looking to get into politics and why not start there in Washington, make your name and then go for it. You got the cash. Do whatever you want. Don't buy the Broncos though. There you go. There you go. Go to go to Washington and you know if you can make a team on the field first, then maybe you can you know fulfill your political dreams <laughs> that's right if you can turn fedex field into a to a uh, playable surface and in a decent stadium hey maybe you should be running the country yes yes well not the season we wanted in broncos country once again but i think there's there's cause for optimism there's cause for hope um we still have one of the greatest fan bases in the nfl i know you adam and me we we personally had quite a bit of fun at the stadium this year. Um, and, you know, it's just a good time. And the Broncos are such a core of Colorado that I, I think we're going to get this thing turned around. I, I think really we, we have moved enough pieces in the front office around that, that really the focus is, hey, we can't be stuck in the past. What worked to win Super Bowl 50? Well, some of those elements we can keep, we really have to do the forward thinking like the rest of the NFL. And I think it's in place now. I, I just have this positive feeling that, that that the forward thinking is going on, the diversity among the coaching staff. And, and there's a coaching staff in place now that's going to mold the schemes to the players we have. 
and I don't think that was happening under Fangio, unfortunately. I have real hope that's going to happen now. Yeah, I agree. I think positive positivity going forward, and that's going to be the main key, uh, or one of the big ones. Yeah, Hackett coming in is uh, an upgrade, in my opinion, and the people that he brings with him are going to surround themselves with that winning way from Green Bay. And I think we're ready to roll next season. I think we get 10 wins. Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, I'm going to hope for more than 10 wins. Uh, you know, uh, I, 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 I may not say, I may not say what, what I used to say all the time growing up. I told everyone every year we're going to win the Super Bowl, but, but I like to joke around people and say, well, guess what? I got it right three times. Yes, you did. And Over when the they years. bring back, when they bring back Bortles, we're going straight to the Super Bowl. Oh, you had to fit him in again, did you? Did you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. He, when he gets there, we're going in for it. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Ryan, Man, and obviously with Adam with Cromwell Sports. Say bye to everybody, Adam. Hey, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. And we may be back with you if we get an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson I have a feeling we'd be running our equipment to where the other one is to jump on that right away. But we will see what happens as we move into the offseason, which I think should be a pretty exciting 2022. And until next time, with Adam from Cromwell Sports, this is the Rye Man with the Broncos Country Blitz. And remember to find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Broncos Country. And on Twitter at DDCR underscore BCB.